A few episodes ago, we had Chris Kelso on the podcast talking about his book called Overcoming the Imposter, and he's sharing quotes now on social media, now that the book is live and in person out in the real world. And I wanted to share a story that was on his Instagram, which I think was, uh, it spoke to me in some things. I hope it will to you. Let me just take a real quick snippet here. And uh, today's episode, as you launch out onto the loop, is called Procrastination is Failure Avoidance. Or we'll do some flavor of that. Join us today on Curiosity Continuum. everybody, this is Josh. And this is Brian. Welcome to Curiosity Continuum. We are a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends whose mission is to guide you through a changing world by helping you level up your contextual awareness and sharpen your collaboration and problem-solving skills. Our conversations explore, examine, and reframe common practical topics that help you learn something new and apply what you already know in a new way. If you find these conversations helpful, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and rate us and leave a review so others can join the community. And you can always find us on curiositycontinuum.com and on our social media accounts. Thanks for tuning in, and let's start the conversation. All right, Brian, you were talking about, and we did have the pleasure of having Chris Kelso on a few episodes ago, and you were talking about um, reading his book, and uh, he was starting to post on social. So let's let's hear that quote you were talking about. Yeah, so this is a story, and it was posted at some point, let's see here, that would have been February 1st. So if you want to go back in the archives of Instagram, there it is. And it was a quote from a woman named Lisa. So I'm going to just read this to you. It says, Lisa finally found the courage to leave her job and start her own business. She spent a lot of time setting up her office, working on a website, getting business cards, and writing content to post on her blog and share on social media. But she was avoiding one crucial task, going out and taking or talking to potential customers. She always found a way to feel busy, but she wasn't generating much income. Finally, she realized that the fear of being rejected, of being told that she wasn't good enough, was keeping her from doing the most important thing she needed to, to make her business successful. Procrastination is failure avoidance. If you allow the imposter to convince you that you are likely to fail at the most important things you need to do, you may fall into the trap of avoiding these important things. So framing that about being uh, procrastination is failure avoidance. Yeah. Now... Let's talk about that concept because sometimes procrastination creeps in and go, you know, why? Eh, it's not important. I'll do it later. Right. But let's take a look at this particular lens because I can 100% relate to the reasons why I procrastinate on something. And a lot of it is I don't want to fail. Now, it might be like a dumb thing, like, you know, I don't want to have to punch two holes in the wall to figure out exactly where I need to hang a picture. Maybe I just don't like doing that. Right. But again, like, I'm not. Those are the activities I got to do to be successful at hanging a picture on a wall or building a business or anything. And I think we were t- we were kind of discussing this before we recorded too. I said, I think, and like Brian was saying, that this really spoke to him, this quote, this, this little story. And I said, you know, it kind of speaks to everybody, I think. And if it doesn't, I don't think you're being 100% honest with yourself because I think we've all yeah. had these times or these things. And it might be about little things, but it's also about big things. And it's easy to keep the status quo, and if you never try anything, you don't fail. 
And if you don't have any pressure to do anything, it does take kind of a, a risk to even start. But once I think you start, then you start just seeing that, you know what, it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. there's very few things, I think, in that that is so catastrophic that you won't recover on something. Right. So let, uh, Josh and I, uh, I want to throw this into the, the ring so people know, Josh. So we had uh, the opportunity early when this podcast was starting to uh, come into an old retro like cocktail arcade. And so we were, um, we got it. And it was great. And we're like, hey, part of the things that Josh and I were exploring, like, hey, maybe we do like retro, like gaming memorabilia and things like that. Right. We quickly decided that we don't want to be in that business <laughs> necessarily because um, it's a great business, but not one we wanted to be in ourselves personally. This particular thing, because there wasn't like debt attached to it that was egregious, there was actually no debt attached well, to yeah, it. Well, yeah, we got lucky. We, 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 we'll just, we'll be honest. We got lucky. It was a cocktail arcade cabinet that didn't work correctly. And we, you know, spun a price off to the guy and the guy goes, why don't you just take it? <laughs> so we didn't yeah. pay anything for it, but we did put some money into it, like like a hundred bucks, I would say. Yeah. And I had to ship it uh, down, which is me coming down yeah. uh, a while back right. to see Josh because you don't want me fixing an arcade. <laughs> you want Josh fixing the arcade. So we had a chance to um, kind of see it and say, hey, this is what it could be and do. And we kind of talked about it a little bit. But we waited on this thing. We did. And, and I had it fixed pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. So we should have probably just turned around and done it. And we could have done the deal. Um, this thing started to grow hair on it just in the fact of like we didn't move it. Yeah. It started to get to the point where um, it was in there like a year. <laughs> and I told and my wife was like, <laughs> are you ever going to get rid of this? And that then I was like, okay, well, either I'm keeping it or we're getting rid of it. And I told, that's when we really started looking for a buyer for it. Because some of this stuff too, I think why Brian and, and I did shy away from it a little bit is because the market is extremely tight and there's a very specific person you're looking for when you're looking for something like this to actually sell them. You're also looking yes. for specific people that are willing to pay what it's worth because something's only worth as much as it's somebody's willing to pay. So, I mean, we were lucky, really, and, and Brian made the contact with somebody who actually was looking for this exact machine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you couldn't, it, it, it came up, it wasn't even like a, hey, I'm advertising it. It came up in a conversation. Right. Because I met her, uh, and at the time she was uh, working and doing like e-commerce for like a, like a comic book store, and they did sell memorabilia and things. And and we got talking, I, I asked him, I said, like, do you ever do anything with video games? Because they actually have everything but video games in this particular place that she was helping. She goes, no, she goes, uh, you know, we haven't ever gone there. It's not where we really want to go. She goes, but I love video games. In fact, I love, <laughs> she goes, I'm really looking for like a Ms. Pac-Man Galaga cocktail table arcade. I mean, she said it. And that's and what I'm we like, had. <laughs> that's what we had. I'm like, you could not have asked for a better sales situation yeah. than that. It was awesome. Now I'll tell you this. Here's the fears that I had about this particular thing, because this got shipped back up to me right. in Nashville. Now, I didn't know, I don't know the engineering stuff like Josh does. That's his like specialty, like to be able to make that stuff work really well. I make other things work, but just not the same things that Josh makes work in life. I was concerned, like, if I have to move this thing, like, is it going to break? Because at that point, this, this is about a 25-year-old machine. Right. You know, um, I'm like, well, what if, the buyer's mad because it doesn't work. I started to play out all these other scenarios because 
I was not an expert on retro arcades. It wasn't like I had a bunch of right. them. I actually went around and I went to some of like the parts places around Nashville just to find out the other retro arcades to kind of see what they had going. Part of it was business model kind of like evaluation, like do we want to do that? But also too, I was actually, I was hiding because I'm like, oh man, I don't know about this thing. Like I don't want to be stupid talking to the buyer. Right. You know, so I, I had this fear of not being the expert or it's like, oh, oh yeah, you got yourself an arcade and you have no idea what you have. <laughs> like I knew enough about it, but like Josh can answer all the other questions about it. That at the end of the day, the transaction worked out fine and the buyer's very happy. Though those machines are what they are and there's only so many of them left in the world and it worked out fine. Now, when Josh and I kind of did the forensic analysis, we said we could have moved it much faster than we did Absolutely. because we yep. didn't. So procrastination sometimes happens because of the failure avoidance like that. Sometimes also too, there's no failure horizon. Like for example, like Josh had the space in his garage, his garage slash workshop slash <laughs> whatever yeah. it is. Storage and Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Christmas decor space. Yes. The horizon for when this thing actually needed to go out into the world. Because let's be honest, there wasn't yeah, we didn't have a buyer when we first got it. We just got it because it was basically available. Something like that we just jump on. Yeah. You know? And so we were like, yeah. And we were like, well, I'll I'll go, yeah, I'll fix it up. And Brian was here for a few days and we fixed it mostly up. And then I rewired some parts of it. So I got it done in like two weeks. I had it completely done. Then it just kind of sat there. And it was sat there apart for a long time too because I didn't put it back together. (laughs) Yes. So part of the procrastination thing, if you are procrastinating, it's because you're putting something off. But what are you putting off? So it actually has a time element to it. Right. Procrastination's easy. So like for us, let's say that we had leveraged $10,000 of a credit line to buy one of those things, which unless like there is like, you know, mafia gold hidden in one of these things, it's not worth It's $10, not worth 10000 yes. It's just not. But if we had, it'd be like, okay, we need to move this because in 30 days we need to make the payment and we don't want to make the payment. So let's scoot it along. So, right. And so in that saying that like if you set time goals, now you can actually measure procrastination. Well, you set a constraint for yourself. And yes. that's what we've talked about that before. We've talked about context and things like that. And that's what this is. It's setting a context for yourself, a hard line. And don't just be one of those. And you got to, it's really easy to be one of those people that goes, well, here's the line I'm setting. And then the line comes and you're like, oh, guess what? That's a month from now. Because <laughs> then you're procrastinating on the procrastination. Yeah. And I've done that yeah. on certain tasks that pop up on my phone. I'm like, this is just, I got to just take it off entirely. Because In it's fact, I actually happen. did that today on a project I'm working on with another friend, which was kind of funny because he gave me like three months to do it and I didn't do anything on it. And so I just told him, look, by March for, or uh, yeah, by March 1st, this is going to be ready to go. And I actually said end of February because I was like trying to keep the, the timeline good, you know? And he's like, yeah. you didn't do anything on this yet, did you? I said, uh, no. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's okay. He goes, I didn't do anything on my side either. I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's, uh, you know, let's make a hard goal for ourselves. So we put it on our calendars. Yeah. Now it's every like three days it reminds me. So yeah, I have for me, I that's important for me. I need that. The moment of truth yeah. right there. No, it's good. Like, so, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm it is funny. Because <laughs> Josh and I have worked on school projects together before, too. and we, We've uh, done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes brilliance comes out because, like, you 
are under pressure, but it's because you actually like put the work in an amount of time. So like what Josh and I are focused on it, like we actually did. We pulled off this really um, kind of crappily, crappily awesome science project where we had to do refraction and reflection of light. And this thing was terrible. We, we got an A on it, we but sat, we were like- We sat in Brian's basement for like six hours doing nothing. And then in like 20 <laughs> minutes, we came up with the experiment. Yes. And we weren't like brainstorming for that six hours. And it we didn't like... even know if it would work. That's how bad it was. We didn't even know if it would work, but we knew yeah. that Brian and I knew the we knew what we were saying. We just didn't know if the experiment part was going to actually work. And it, hey, lo and behold, it worked. And I think the one thing the teacher <laughs> wrote on there was, I think it went above a lot of the students' heads, but it was good. <laughs> and we were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talk smart enough and you get an A. <laughs> you know, it's a, we, this is what we try to avoid on this podcast altogether. Right. You know? we, we have we, aged, and with that age comes a little bit of a uh, little more wisdom, I think, in how we do things. Yes. And that's what we're trying to and do, I'll, like with this topic especially. I think we're trying to do it in a fun way. It's a serious, It could be a serious thing for you. Indeed. We, we, we publish regularly. And we have a quite a uh, log of episodes, which I encourage you to go back to the backlog of Curiosity Continuum to listen to all of the other episodes. But Josh and I have a specific day of the week that we will record. We have a specific day where Josh does edits and I'll review. There's a very specific time that we publish. And that structure and that cadence brings excellence over time. It may not feel like it's doing anything at the immediate thing, but it's actually doing the right things. And all of a sudden, you got a pile of things you did right. You go, oh, hey, like, here's your, quote, success story. It's like, well, how did that happen? It's a bunch of little things just done regularly. And a lot of times people think like, well, for like Jeff Bezos, for example, um, he he just recently announced that he'll be stepping down from Amazon's CEO right. position, which is also called, I'm too darn rich to do this job anymore. Right. Um, but I mean, but he's done but, it for 27 years. That's the That's the whole deal. So- even though like only in more recent years did you see like Amazon just flip and become this phenomenon. He was building the phenomenon for all those years when people are going like, what in the world are you doing? And he tried many things yes. and he failed at many things. But the things that took really took. That's the important thing too. Like Brian was talking about like how we record, we edit, and then, you know, we post. And honestly, that timeline that we use and the deadline of publishing when I'm not feeling like editing gets me to edit. And sometimes Brian knows that I'm editing it last minute. <laughs> and I'm like, I, it's like, <laughs> this is like Sunday morning and I'm sending him an email or something. But a lot of that has to do with my own work schedule too. And the cadence of my work. But I always try to have a couple of days a week where I edit and I don't edit all at once. So it's not important that you, you don't have to do it all at once and you don't have to do it all on the same day. In fact, just kind of, you can space it out. Just don't get to the point where, Look, I had to burn the midnight oil now because <laughs> I was, you know, <laughs> farting around for, you know, a week and a half or whatever. Right. With uh, procrastination, I I'm thinking about, because I have two children that are uh, high school and middle school age. Experts. And you think, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> skilled, skilled technicians yep. here. Um, it's fun to watch them grow into the skilled technicians. I'm thinking about the um, dating scene which I haven't thought about the dating scene in quite a while because b- both Josh and I are, are long-time married men at this point in our life. Um, yeah. But it's like if you were to ask people to the prom or the dance and you didn't 
do it. You're putting it off because you're afraid like somebody's going to reject you. Going back to the story at the beginning of this whole thing, right? That you could have just asked. Now, some of the people went like, how in the world, like, you all know the stories. <laughs> like, you're going like, how in the world is, does that person End up with that person, going out? Yeah. yeah it's like on the Sandlot, you know? Yeah. It's like Wendy Peppercorn. It's like, well, how did he end up with Wendy Peppercorn? It's like, well, because he asked. And, and he was not afraid of And failure. even if you're rejected at that point, I always found, you know what? At least I know. I'm not going over that, like Brian was talking about, how he's going over in his head, like, oh, I have to do this. They're going to think I'm dumb, basically. I don't know. If you ask somebody out and they say, heck no, you're like, all right, cool. <laughs> At least, you know, it's crushing, <laughs> but you're over. It's over. It's temporary. Yeah. It's an absolute temporary setback. And yep. that's not, and if you do that enough, hopefully you, you don't, you're not rejected constantly. But if you do that enough, then it becomes part of who you are. You're like, oh, I can, I can recover from this. So the procrastination becomes less and less. And it, it, you're, yeah. you're more apt to actually do the things you need to do in life. You've built the habit and you're, you're not afraid of the answer being no. Like no is not the worst answer. No. In fact, you know? sometimes, sometimes it's the best answer you can hear because you whittle your possibilities down, which means you're putting your yep. energy into what's important. And you're moving forward. Right. You know? So don't live in the world of like, well, it might kind of maybe not might work out. Because you're basing it on no real information at that well, point. Well, and you're projecting your own insecurities. Yeah. So if you have uh, other things that are kind of in your mind, like, hmm, that kind of sounds interesting. Make sure, again, we'll just uh, wave, wave our hands at Chris Kelso in his book, Overcoming the Imposter, to uh, check those things out. There are things that lurk in all of us that we could all benefit from going back and looking at and going, why am I putting that off? And it's never too late to start now to do something different and to try something new. I don't hear any elderly people at the end of life saying like, you know, I did that thing and I tried it and I failed. Man, I never should have done that. It was like, I'm glad I tried it. It's always, or it's like, I wish I would have tried this. If you're looking back and you're saying, what am I going to like doing or not doing? Take that sagely piece of advice. Yeah. And I think this is a, probably a great place to put a comma, huh, Brian? Until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum.